chapter 114. The Gilder. Penetrating further and further into the heart of the Japanese cruising ground, the Pequod was soon all astir in the fishery, often in mild, pleasant weather for 12, 15, 18, and 20 hours on the stretch they were engaged in the boats, steadily pulling or sailing or paddling after the whales, or for an interlude of 60 or 70 minutes calmly awaiting their uprising, though with but small success for their pains. At such times, under an abated sun, afloat all day upon smooth, slow-heaving swells, seated in his boat, light as a birch canoe, and, and so sociably mixing with the soft waves themselves that, like hearthstone cats, they purr along the gunwale, these are the times of, of dreamy quietude when, beholding the tranquil beauty and brilliancy of the ocean's skin, one forgets the tiger heart that pants beneath it and would not willingly remember that this velvet paw but conceals a remorseless fang. These are the times when in his whaleboat the rover softly feels a certain filial, confident, land-like feeling toward the sea, that he regards it as so much flowery earth, and the distant ship revealing only the tops of her masts seems struggling forward not through high rolling waves, but through the tall grass of a rolling prairie as when the Western emigrants' horses only show their erected ears while their hidden bodies widely wade through the amazing verdure. The long-drawn virgin vales, the mild blue hillsides, as over these there steals the hush, the hum, you, you almost swear that play-wearied children lie sleeping in these solitudes in some glad Maytime when the flowers of the woods are plucked. And all this mixes with your most mystic mood so that fact and fancy, halfway meeting, interpenetrate and form one seamless whole. Nor did such soothing scenes, however temporary, fail of at least as temporary an effect on Ahab. But if these secret golden keys did seem to open in him his own secret golden treasuries, yet did his breath upon them prove but tarnishing. Oh, grassy glades! O oh, ever vernal endless landscapes in the soul, in ye, though long parched by the dead drought of the earthy life, in ye, men yet may roll like young horses in new morning clover, and for some few fleeting moments feel the cool dew of the life immortal on them. Would to God these blessed calms would last. But the mingled, mingling, threads of life are woven by warp and woof, calms crossed by storms, a storm for every calm. There is no steady, unretracing progress in this life. We do not advance through fixed gradations in the last one, pause, through infancy's unconscious spell, boyhood's thoughtless faith, adolescence doubt the common doom, then skepticism, then disbelief, resting at last in manhood's pondering repose of if. But once again through, we trace the round again, and our infants, boys and men, and ifs, eternally. Where lies the final harbor whence we unmoor no more? In what rapt ether sails the world of which the weariest will never weary? Where is the foundling's father hidden? Our souls are like those orphans whose unwedded mothers die in burying them. The secrets of our paternity lies in their grave, 
and we must there to learn it. And that same day, too, gazing far down from his boat's side into that same golden sea, Starbuck lowly murmured, Loveliness unfathomable. As ever lover saw in his young bride's eye, Tell me not of thy teeth-tiered sharks and thy kidnapping cannibal ways. Let faith oust fact. Let fancy oust memory. I look deep down and do believe. And Stubb, fish-like with sparkling scales, leaped up in that same golden light. I am Stubb, and Stubb has his history. But here Stubb takes oaths that he's always been jolly. <laughs>